0: Hey friend, welcome to Aspirations, the General Giant fan podcast. <laughs> That was Don't Look Back, off the Unforeseen album by Bobby Shock. He's a good buddy of mine. You've seen him in the Proclamation fan video, and I got a chance to talk to him today. Here's our conversation. One thing, man. Ever, man, ever, ever seen... since I saw you pop up on the Gentle Giant site, I was just like, I got to get to know this guy. And <laughs> <laughs> you are such a trip, man. You're, you are. Uh, oh, I, I mean, it's... that. Yeah, I, I, I just... The more I looked at, you, at your uh, YouTube channel and your Facebook page, and I've really got into your music. I, I'm not just, you know, spreading your music around for no reason. And uh, I'm a fan.
1: That's very, very special to hear, man. I I really appreciate that.
0: <laughs> well, let's try that again.
1: Let's try it again. A,
0: all right. Hey, um, like I said, I, I kind of wanted to know about how you got into music, and you know what. What was the beginnings of that?
1: Okay. Um, well, for myself, uh, starting back to as a kid, I, mean, I was always interested in the, the piano. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother was a, a piano player and an organ player. Okay. And um, had like, you know, a home piano, started playing on that. Got into the, picked up the uh, the baritone, which is a small tuba back in middle school. Oh, no kidding. That got me into the bass kind of side of music. And then, uh, I kind of, you know, would just listen to music for fun, really. And then around the age of like 17, 18 is when I, I got my first uh, bass guitar for 40 bucks from my friend. Wow. And, uh, you know, the, at that time I was really into, um, you know, like I was getting into the prog rock thing. Like I was, I already known about like Pink Floyd, Zeppelin, all the, all the, you know, the classic rock bands. And then I found, I was starting to find like Rush and Yes. And then I was like, I want to play bass. <laughs> and picked it up around 18, and um, I'm 30 right now, so I've been consistently sticking to it and learning it since then.
0: Yeah. Well, so so who's your who's your bass guitar hero? I mean,
1: uh, oh, I mean, no doubt Chris Squire for sure.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. But you know, it. Then again, you know that at least that was at first, and then Geddy Lee, of course, and then, but. Also, considering we're talking about General Giant here as well, I mean, Ray Shulman, uh, I'd say he makes the trifecta for me of the 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 main three that inspire me.
0: Mm-hmm. Which one is the most challenging for you? I mean, like I mean, it's just I've seen your videos and it's like you here's here's Bobby with another one. and I mean you, <laughs> I mean it's just, I, I, it's just like you just okay i'm gonna I'm gonna learn this song and and then ten minutes later you're posting something. I mean it's just amazing. But yeah.
1: What, yeah.
0: Who's Which one of the the ones that you mentioned was the biggest challenge to play?
1: Uh honestly probably Oh, uh, that's tough because I mean I guess it depends on the song but there's there's like some, you know, rush tracks where it, like what Getty's playing I'm like my god like this this is incredible that you know this is taking me a while to learn this and I I learn I don't I don't read sheet music I used to when I was back in like middle school. Um, I just play by ear now. So mm-hmm. I mostly just, whatever I'm playing those videos, you see, I just kind of listened to it, played along for a little bit and then decided to film it and record it. Wow. So that's, you know, there's some certain Chris Squire stuff, like they're parts of like the opening of, uh, close to the edge. I'm still kind of trying to figure out, um, just really, really wild stuff. And of course, Ray Shulman, I mean, I think, honestly, I think, showman's lines, um, on songs like, uh, like for nobody, Mm -hmm. um, really intense stuff that I really had to struggle and challenge myself to learn. Mm
0: -hmm. So, I mean, uh, well, I was going to ask you, I mean, I used to be known as the rush guy, everybody, Mm -hmm. I was kind of a pariah. Okay. So (sighs) nobody liked me and nobody liked my music. So I was like I'm okay with that. Rush is my band. It kind of b- became my identity. Right. And they yeah. lo- they they lost me um about mm-hmm. Test for Echo. Can you w- were you with them all the way all the way through or did um, they lose you somewhere?
1: Honestly, I'd say for me there's there's certain stuff on albums like Hold Your Fire that I really I kind of connect to. But honestly oh, me for too. me Rush to me is 1975 to 1985. I I yeah. I clock out after Power Windows. I think they peaked with that album.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and and there's a lot of people that, that as soon as the keyboards came came in they were done, but Open yeah. Secret Open Secrets was one of my absolute favorites and the little jam at the end.
1: Oh, that's on I, Presto, right?
0: That's
1: on Oh, no, that's uh, on Hold Your Fire.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I remember right. I was I was telling Alan Benjamin um that well I think we were chatting on Facebook and I said no Sean Toner, I'm sorry. I was telling him how I had the Hold Your Fire album. I had my walk man and like my second or third job I had to walk every morning to a donut shop about two miles. And I I played that on the way there and on the way back, that album just over and over and over. I yeah, I, I love Rush. Um but and I and I never Same thought here, to, I never thought anybody would replace them i never thought it was possible but um when general giant came when general giant came into the picture (laughs) i just had to say yeah so um i was going to say so you you play bass guitar Mm -hmm. keyboards actual drums or a drum pad or what what is it
1: yeah i I play i play actual drums too Mm -hmm. i've been limited where i live currently um you know apartment complex i can't play um loudly so everything's done headphones yeah okay
0: so when you when you start with the song
1: mm-hmm.
0: at, like one that you've posted we're talking days for you to get it down or
1: um just like like a like one of those cover videos
0: well if, if you're just playing one instrument it would just for you to go from okay i want to play this song to having it up on a video how long would that take
1: I'd say, um, I mean, there'll there'll be days I sit down um, after work and whatever, and, and a couple hours I got a bunch of bunch of takes and bunch of different tracks, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's just it 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 comes quick usually. Some mm-hmm. things have taken me um, weeks to finish, like you know certain songs.
0: Okay, but, but now um, you, now your your videos that you've actually done, I'm sure that making the video itself is one thing, but the music that goes on the video are, are you playing all the instruments on those that are on your albums i mean you've got seven albums and they're yeah, all on uh, the-
1: up until the last two um so st- the most recent the new one street angels and um the unforeseen those previous two was and the album before that too i'm sorry as well um in the box was before um unforeseen I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm losing track of my own albums now but um everything beyond that i played everything and then i started yeah. to realize that um there was a period around late 2019 where i'm like you know what i need to start forming a band to perform this stuff mm-hmm. and that then there was an album called in the box that was made and you, if you listen to that album you could tell it's totally different compositionally-wise and sound-wise to anything else I've done because it was basically recorded as a band um, with my uh, my wife on vocals. Um, I had a drummer set, and we, and we got together and would actually write this stuff. I didn't really write anything outside of when we were jamming together. And then I had a guitarist, Johnny Smith, um, who came in after.
0: And so then from got... then on out,
1: I was like, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say after that, um, I realized, you know what? I like the concept of not doing everything myself mm-hmm. and then realizing I could just have you know, better drummers and better guitar players mm-hmm. um, play on these albums. And that's basically where I've gotten to now.
0: You know, you live in the same city as uh, the guys from Advent, uh, Alan Benjamin and Mark Batak. And if <laughs> they're there, those two guys there, if you, mm-hmm. if you look at anybody that's a, like a major player among the general giant fans. Uh yeah. those two guys are on their friends list, but they really live in, they live in and I'm I'm not in the same sound, but they they they, they live in Jersey. I'm um, not oh, okay. too far away. Yeah. they yeah, and they're aware of you both of them. So, but these are oh, like great. these are like seasoned just highly accomplished musicians. I I was oh, that's I was incredible. trying to I was I was trying to tell Mark, I said, man, you need to get a hold of Bobby Shock. <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah, have a conversation with them. Who knows? But uh yeah, I mean they're they're multi-instrumentalists, just yeah, they're they're awesome. I'm 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 wanting to have them on in a uh episode just coming up. So um so you, you I, I noticed that you came in to the fan group just prior to the fan video getting made it was yeah did yeah. noah did noah reach out to you or did somebody reach out to you how did you stumble upon getting in the video uh,
1: actually it was um uh cj Irwin out in alaska mm-hmm. um yeah he a- sent me a link about he's like yo he's like they're making this like fan video
0: how did he know you, should,
1: you you should um he had uh, already known me on um like through instagram um, okay. and that's where a lot of my, that's where usually I post most of my videos, uh, cover stuff. Yeah. Um, I've kind of, you know, YouTube is, uh, if I wanted to do the full videos, I'll mm-hmm. put them on there, but, but anyway, on Instagram, he CJ found me, um, because of, uh, a lot of the videos, I, I always put a hashtag, uh, Rickenbacker base.
0: Okay. And because will-
1: of that, he found my videos and then we came, we became friends through Instagram. He sent me the link to that saying they're taking submissions. Oh man! And and I filmed my whole, you know, I filmed myself playing through procl- Proclamation all the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I sent it through, and then I actually did get an email from uh, Noah Shulman asking me if they wanted my audio. Um, they wanted it separated from the video. I don't know, like I guess they maybe wanted to like sync it differently somehow. I'm not sure. Yeah, but that that to me was a, a golden day because I'm like I just got an email from uh, Shulman. Mm-hmm. and this is like you know this is a such a small world i can't i can't believe this
0: yeah and it, i mean it's it was you're talking about serendipity i mean i i knew um i'm trying to i don't remember when cj joined the fan group but he he had been on there for a while i believe and
1: mm-hmm.
0: um he was posting covers and it, i i love him man i mean we we've 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 had some yeah, CJ is great i uh but apparently he's got it right now. He's got a job. He's working 12 hour days. All of a sudden he kind of disappeared off the radar, but he's just yeah. working really hard. He's just got married and all this kind of stuff. So, but he's awesome. And, um, I think he's gonna, I don't know what the heck you could do up in Anchorage, Alaska, but, but <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know what the I, music I never scene is out like, there. I mean, eh. anyway, but that's, that's amazing. Um, so okay you you said cj told you you sent something in and then noah was talking to you and
1: um, yeah yeah noah reached out to me and asked me um to he wanted like the audio se- uh, separated from the video yeah. so i guess they could do a more uh, consistent mix with how everyone else's audio was coming in that's yeah, what said, i think
0: made ray, sense ray to me so ray was kind of uh, from that conversation Derek was having with on, uh, Sean Toner's, uh, SOAL Friday night live, uh, interview. Um, he said that, uh, Derek, I think Derek said Ray was kind of PO'd. <laughs> I mean, not really, but I mean, he was, was kind of like, well, he was kind of like, no, he was, he was kind of like, well, thanks a lot guys. I don't mean PO'd. He was just kind of like, thanks a lot guys. Cause he had to do this massive chore of getting everybody's sounds together.
1: Oh and, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, he was like, thanks, thanks a lot, guys, you know. But, um, yeah, that had to be there was a ton of work to put into that. So,
1: oh, absolutely. um, There's so many, uh, so many different, uh, videos to sync with the audio. I can't even imagine that the, uh, the editing process. I mean, I love doing videos and syncing Mm -hmm. audio myself, but that's a huge project.
0: So, did you now, you knew the premiere was coming on. Were you off and able to watch it? as soon as it yeah. popped up
1: yeah i remember when it came up um you know i wasn't expecting anything i wasn't expecting maybe to be in the video maybe not because i was assuming they'd probably be like you know mm-hmm. billions of people sending themselves playing mm-hmm. and that was like i saw myself in there like a couple of times i was like what? Yeah. The? i mean wow they really like must have liked my you know my enthusiasm you know
0: well you you are a character i mean you, you're you an attention <laughs> getter yeah I, I mean that's that's part of the thing I love about you, man. You're just like you're just like Gonzo, going for it, you know. And uh, but no, I appreciate that, that did you did you get to? I mean, did, was anybody sitting there with you? I mean, like, hey, man, it's coming on or whatever. I, I mean, did you have a little get together and watch it or?
1: No, I was just um, sitting by myself at the computer, just kind of re- ready to watch it.
0: Oh man, you just had to be just.
1: And I was just like, wow, mind. this is this is like really. Like tripped out, you know. Like the, it's like we're all connected now, like through the internet.
0: Oh yeah, no, that really, I mean, that really did, strange. I, I mean, the thing has gotten. Last I counted, it was like a hundred and fifty thousand views or yeah. something like that, and I, I, it's gonna, it's gonna keep rolling.
1: Oh, over uh, the years, I mean, it's gonna hit. You know, I'm sure it'll eventually get close to like a million views. You know, it'll, it'll get there.
0: Yeah. I mean I I've said this and I know it sounds stupid, but I said I had, I had tears come in my eyes. I didn't get to watch it live, but I got mm-hmm. to watch that nice. I was just like I, it was I still when I watch that and I see you and CJ and some of the other people I've talked to, I mean it was really an emotional thing for me. It really was. Mm-hmm. I was so happy for you. Um, okay, so what's happened kind of uh, since the, the fan video um, Street Angels came out after that
1: yes yeah street angels came out um earlier this year around it was around may Mm -hmm. i forget the day that it came out i think it was oh it was may may 4th that's when i put the album out yeah um yeah the the uh, one
0: song is the one song clocks in at almost i want to say 20 minutes is it
1: yeah it's actually 20 minutes and one second wow (laughs) so i just (laughs) that was my first uh my first 20 minute track. So did
0: did you play, let's say the bass part or something, did you play each part all the way through or this, did you have to,
1: Uh, I recorded that song in about five or six different segments. Mm -hmm. Um, I I wrote them as segments and then, um, you know, would, would track them, kind of glue them together with other stuff, you know, keyboard um, parts and everything. And then I sent that out to, uh, this drummer, his name is Glenn Monturi, and he's um such an incredible and humble musician that just um you send him something he he'll send you back a 20-minute track fully um mastered and just incredible. Uh, wow. I I kind of look at him as like a like a new Neil Peart. He kind of just he just knows in it everything's clocked in, everything's perfectly Perfectly locked in, and um, yeah, I, I I would send him parts of that song, and like five hours later, he'd send it back to me, and I'm like, "What the hell?" I wasn't expecting this till like a week later or something.
0: What's what's his name again?
1: Uh, Glenn Monturi.
0: Okay. Yeah, I and to make sure he has a dead. he has a
1: really nice YouTube channel. Uh, it's been growing. I think he's got about like fifteen, sixteen thousand subscribers now. Mm-hmm. And he puts out lots of different drum cover videos. All incredible stuff. It's like I don't know how he. I don't know how he remembers all these parts like mm-hmm. very specific fills and and everything it's very impressive and I'm you know he's a he's a jersey guy like me and that's that's <laughs> how we met and through the music scene before the you know pandemic and everything
0: so, um so in this in this 20 minute song mm-hmm. I've always wondered when I'm listening okay Sean uh Toner again he, he I'm, I'm following his page and it, it, it's, it's so fun to follow his page. Cause he's always thrown out this new music I hadn't heard, or maybe something I'd kind of forgotten about. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he posted about uh, Todd Rundgren's um one of his albums. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I, I've, I've always just been gonna listen to some of his music. And I listened to utopia for the last uh, first time last night. I was driving back from Indianapolis. And, oh
1: yeah. Yeah.
0: And I was just like, Whoa! <laughs> <But> <laughs> it, w- when I hear a piece like that, or or a piece like "Close to the Edge," or um, you know s- some of the longer stuff in Gentle Giant, I'm like, "How in the world could they play this live? How in the world can they, re- they remember everything in this song?" I mean,
1: yeah, that's you know, and especially
0: especially if you didn't. I mean, you didn't write this music down. You, you, no, you said, it's just
1: recorded, like straight out of my head. Just recorded it
0: okay and so
1: I you know basically I'd, it would be to even have a band play the stuff you know we set up in a re- in a rehearsal space and be like, hey guys here's <laughs> let's try to get through the first four minutes and see what we see what ha- what happens you know
0: but you could play the parts I mean you've got them oh yeah yeah m- I could
1: totally yeah I could um what I'd probably do honestly to have a band learn a track like that a 20 minute track um I mean we're in the the, the age of Email, you know, it, music is now just email, emailing people really. So, I would kind of just isolate all the parts from the original uh, mix, send it to everyone, and, see, and so they could hear exactly what all the parts are and learn it that way. There's yeah. many different ways, but that going back to what you're saying, like you know, like close to the edge. I mean, every day, every time I listen to that album, um, which is probably at least once a week, uh, I just always think that these guys wrote this. They didn't have computers. They didn't have anything like that. They wrote this, mm-hmm. recorded it, played it, would, would play it live at concerts. It's like I can't, I can't believe that. You know. <laughs> Sorry, <clears throat> that's okay.
0: Uh, so, well, I don't know if you've if you've uh, seen any of the uh, the Yes documentaries. Um, they're they're more of a band bio type of thing, but mm-hmm. they kind of went into how they put together one of those big songs they all had had bits and pieces that they've been working on and they they kind of one of them had kind of an idea for a song but they would work on it together and some of what um i remember them saying there were they'd kind of get stuck and one guy said you know there was this part i was fiddling around with and let's Mm -hmm. see if that fits in there they seemed to kind of piece their big um, compositions together, whereas General Giant was just like Carrie Minier had a composition and a
1: full, yeah, um, the full, yeah, the full vision already.
0: And, and Gary and I can't remember who else it was that doesn't read sheet music. Gary doesn't, but, um, and he had to, he had to, um, I guess figure out within that what, what Carrie had composed, how he was mm-hmm. going to play. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know how you could do something like street angels and
1: uh, a (laughs)
0: 20 minute piece and be able to keep track of that. It was, it's amazing. It's, I mean, so which, which, which one of your albums would you say you were either the most proud of, or um, I mean, ones that were the hardest to do. Um, I know uh, I'm trying to think um, Mm. Mark Patak was talking about, their last album, Silent Sentinel, which is really good, he was saying he was sort of like giving birth to an elephant. He said it was it was tough. I mean, it was the hardest album to put together. But what what stands out to you about particular albums that you've made? There's Street Angels. Um, there's Unforeseen. Um, there's one. It's just Bobby Shock, I think, right? And
1: there's yeah. Honestly, I mean, besides Street Angels, just this one just came kind of. Um, it didn it didn't really seem like it, it was an effort really. It just kinda everything I had ideas flowing and I felt lots of inspiration at the time. Mm-hmm. Um honestly I think the album I'm most proud of maybe at this moment. I mean Street Angels is definitely I you know, I'm not, not proud of it, but um the Unforeseen I think was a turning point for me mm-hmm. in overall direction. Um and I felt very confident with it. So I'd say probably Unforeseen uh, so far has been one of my favorites that I've come up with. Mm-hmm. And everything cool. else back going back further it was more kind of um, just um, situational type mm-hmm. songwriting and just, you know, with things that are happening and mm-hmm. uh, like that. But I feel like Unforeseen and, and, well, Street Angels is a concept album. But um, yeah, yeah but I'd she- say Unforeseen.
0: If you had to say which one you would say, I mean, they were talking about how Gentle Giant, um, several like uh, Pete Pardo and others have talked about. If you're going to introduce somebody to Gentle Giant, start with um, Free Hand or Power and the Glory, maybe, and then get into their uh, deeper stuff. But uh, mm. would you would you say which would which would be your gateway album to to say, hey man, you know, take a listen to this?
1: Uh, you're talking about for my own stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm uh gateway i would say yeah honestly i would probably say unforeseen Mm -hmm. um i I feel like it just you have the final song which is the you know don't look back as the um that's the epic of the album and everything else is more kind of a mixture of you know catchier pop i call it pop prog because it's like i have i always have elements of progressive rock because that's just who i am but Mm uh you know more straightforward stuff
0: yeah, I think it, it, I don't know whether you'll find this insulting or not. I, one of my favorite songs, the absolute, the one that'll I I play the most is "I Quit My Job." I yeah. love I love that song.
1: Oh, and, thank
0: you. And and, and you know, Pep's Day Off,
1: Pep's Day um, Off. That's a, that's a special song.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, yeah. Anyway, well, <clears throat> I wanted to know. Um, I guess what's what's your plans for the future i mean
1: um currently um now i, I feel honestly after i've done street angels and i've put out you know a, a big piece really mm-hmm. i feel like now um and things are i'm there's a lot of things going on in my life right now where uh, i'm not really sure sure uh direction wise what i'm going to be doing next um mm-hmm. I'm going to be moving soon that like thing, you know, every time you move, uh, you're inspired. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of waiting for that to happen to, to uh, attempt, but to throw it out there, I'm besides my own stuff that, um, you know, I will focus on, but uh, I've actually kind of turned my direction. Now I'm I'm playing in two different bands currently. Mm-hmm. Um, one is called uh, a and mm-hmm. we're definitely in the, I'd say the stuff we've been writing, and it's just so far it's just me and a drummer. Um probably in the King Crimson type vein. Like mm-hmm. if, if you want to maybe the whole like you know, red era, that type oh, of man. that type One of vibe. Of my that's favorite really. albums. <laughs> yeah, that's we're going for that. We're going for this heavy, you know, odd times and just really just um expansive type stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also playing keyboards in another band. Um My buddy, his name's Johnny Smith, and that's his band. Is just called Johnny Smith, and it's kind of like um, more uh, more in the modern vein, indie uh, synth, you know, synth wave type of music. I'm playing keyboards in that group.
0: I know Um, you. I know you. I mean, from the discussion we we've had, I mean, the last couple years, there's been some rough times when it's been rough times for all of us. But mm, yeah, you you feel? I mean do you feel like this is kind of an inspired time? I mean, or has there been times when it's the creative juices were just weren't happening? It was, you had to struggle for it, but it seems like you're really kind of having a creative time. I mean, is that kind of how you feel?
1: Yeah. I I think I could honestly say that the pandemic was a absolute um, life, life changer for me because it allowed me to, you know, because I was so used to, I was, I was in another band called Crust that I'm not sure if you've checked that out. Um,
0: haven't, haven't yet, I'm going to.
1: Yeah, that's that was kind of my life for the past three years. And then the pandemic hit, things changed, you know, no more live shows. Um, mm-hmm. My solo music was always obviously a priority to me, but not as important as being a live musician. Mm-hmm. Um, it, for, it, for me, was more of just a uh, kind of a random output uh, when I wasn't working with another band. Um, but what the, what the pandemic did for me was made me realize I need to just really focus on myself and that allowed unforeseen and street angels to happen. Yeah. Just being isolated and just being, um, you know, at my home studio here, just, uh, really kind of nailing stuff out and being like, now's the chance. I don't have to worry about playing gigs or, you know, being really busy out there. I I have all this time besides work to just write music.
0: Can you say that there was any particular gentle giant song or or something that you that sparked an idea that that ended up in one of your albums? I mean, could you say that or was it another band? I'd
1: say honestly, um, I mean, there's so many parts, like I always I find myself sometimes um always going back to this riff that uh I originally heard and uh experience. The bum bop bop da da Da, 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 da. Every the, the first time I ever heard that I was like, man, these guys literally just took like Baroque and made it just like extremely grooving, you know? Yeah. And yeah. ever since I've heard those type of scales and riffs, like from Ray's playing and everything, I'm just like, I, I mean, I put it into my music mm-hmm. subconsciously sometimes.
0: Yeah. Now I had it, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of wind this down here mm-hmm. in, in a minute, but, I, I do want to talk about the documentary idea. I, I guess one of the yeah. one of the things that sparked the interest in doing this was the fan video. And if you've listened to the podcast, and I, mm-hmm. I never know, I never know who who's listening, really that much. But
1: it, well, I, enjoy, because, I enjoyed the um, the pilot episode as well. I, I sat down, I listened to the whole thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. They I'm I think you'll probably be episode number three. is going to take me a minute to um, you know work mm-hmm. on the music. Um, I guess Spotify lets me use your whole songs I, I I apologize i I had to record yours I know it probably sounds mono and really screechy but I did want to share now. your songs
1: it was fine sounded fine
0: yeah yeah so anyway um when when I saw you and Cj and rachel flowers and some of these others that was when I got the inspiration for it you know what I, there needs to be this story I mean there there is no there's no band bio there's no documentary there's no nothing there's
1: yes a book
0: a book that the fans are kind of you know uh in a little controversy about it It, it, some people like it some people don't there's just not much out there and and i feel like the time is right i feel like they're doing these steven wilson remixes uh the second episode of the podcast i talked about that would be the perfect opportunity to get some of the band members together and hear the you know, hear hear the masters and discuss how the album was made that that he's you know re- remixing and so on. There's just a ton of of, of storylines yeah, that you could tie all of wanted
1: to, they, You know, we all want to know. That's for sure. Yeah,
0: and and to hear stories that we haven't heard, not the mm-hmm. old you know redundant interviews. And uh, anyway, I, I go into that on the last episode I did, but mm-hmm. um kind of out here by myself it's kind of a crazy idea to just step up and say something i don't have the band's stamp of approval i've 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 got enough from the fellowship of the the ring as i call it the inner circle (laughs) they're they're all kind of just saying you know you know go for it so so to speak but
1: right i don't
0: have anything official and it's really got to be their thing so i wondered if you had any thoughts about it any feedback any i mean any there, there are some that are just like this is never going to happen. But I don't feel that way. I feel like
1: no, I, I think anything. Um, I mean, I could, I've definitely, I, I could see a full blown documentary. Actually, probably being, you know, um, I, I don't know about funding, but you know, I, I could see it really being something that could take off. I mean, and and to get to get the band members to to you know be a part of it would be. Mm -hmm. Um, I just, you know, I, I want to know what they were doing in the studio when they were doing like, you know, interview, I want to know like what, what was happening? Like, you know, was the, were they living off like coffee and cigarettes or something? Like what what were they doing? You know?
0: Well, the main thing is, 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 and I think this would be the the major thing that would make it bigger than, I mean, they could, they could probably put it an hour long band bio. Noah could do that. Okay. Mm -hmm. That, that wouldn't be that terribly hard to do. And I, I feel like the documentary is is really just a matter of there's a bunch of people that are like, well, well if he gets in on this, then I'll do this. And if, if mm-hmm. you know, if we get to OK and all these things line up then people would say, well, we'll we'll chip in some money or something. But until something happens, um, I, I mean, obviously the fans would be, you know, on board with whatever yeah. the band yeah. would say, we're going to do this. Here's what we need from you. So. I guess I was trying to put my toe in the water and s- mm. start some discussions about things. But, but um, <clears throat> I, get, I guess the main thing, and I kind of lost my train of thought here, but um, the main thing is, is the story about what takes a band. Mm-hmm. Right there at, with the Simon Dupree transition, they had pop success. Why yeah, they were already stopped, successful in a way yeah. yeah why stop the story about how, why they stopped everything and wanted to do something bigger it mm-hmm. is 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 what really that there the thing about music itself is what inspires something like you I mean mm-hmm. i was forced to play violin when i was i think seven
1: forced oh, wow.
0: to forced to practice a certain amount of time mm-hmm. and i hated it and there was no reason for me to do that. Now, when I got, when I was nine, and we didn't, my dad didn't let us have rock music. He's he's not a horrible person, but he was just, you know, overprotective. Right, right. And and I, I found Yes's Fragile album when I was nine oh. in, in 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 the public library, and then talked my mom into bringing it home. And I was just like mesmerized when I listened oh, yeah. to that. I can remember the lyrics on the back, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, I just loved it, and didn't hear anything anything like it. I mean, I had to take it back to the library. Didn't hear anything like that ever, you know, for a long time after that. But that kind of music sparked something that had never been there with these forced lessons. You know, mm-hmm. there's something within music itself that it inspires it 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 drives you in a direction. It it draws you in that something that you know simon dupree would have just been another i don't know here here today gone tomorrow band from the 60s we'd never heard of really
1: yeah exactly and
0: yet and they stopped everything took a risk they had one more record on their contact or contract and decided there's something more and it wasn't like i said in the podcast it wasn't they like they just wanted to be a, a prog band here's some guys doing prog and wasn't the term probably
1: didn't exist yet
0: yeah and and but yet they were hearing zappa do something spirit do something wishbone ash these these guys do something that didn't have to be the forced thing you know the
1: right you know commercial making
0: yeah you make an album you become a star you make a bunch of money it was for a whole different reason yeah I i mean that's
1: not for that's what that's not what music is here for you know
0: yeah well I just wanted to know your thoughts about that and, and uh
1: yeah, I, can, I think they, I they what... knew to take a risk and they, they did the right thing because mm-hmm. they would have been, yeah, they would have been one of those um just, you know, like some record you find in goodwill. It's just like, I've never heard this, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think the time is right for something like this. I really do appreciate you t- you taking the time to talk with me and uh, absolutely uh I'm going to be following your, I'm going to be following your music. I am going to be putting a bug in a few people's ears about, Getting together with you, or at least talking. You need to talk to Alan and love, Mark.
1: Yeah, I'd love to make <laughs> new friends, man. That's that's so, for sure.
0: Well, I'm a fan, and uh, I've enjoyed Thank having you, you. I'm I'm gonna let you go, buddy, and uh, just keep keep following, share some things with your friends, and uh, you know, believe in this. I, I think I think something can happen.
1: Oh yeah, so, I always will. I'll never I'll never stop. I can't. It's in right. my uh, it's in my veins, you know.
0: All right, man. Well, will talk to you
1: Thanks again. Thanks for having me, Kirk.
0: Appreciate, Appreciate it. Bye. Bye. And that's today's episode. Hope you liked it. Check out Bobby Shock on Instagram, Facebook, and Spotify. Check out his new album, Street Angels, and another one from his past, Unforeseen. That'll be worth your listen. Hope to see you guys again soon. If you have any comments or questions, anything you'd like to say to me, just check me out. On Facebook or on the Aspirations private fan group and the public page, or send me an email at mootown1971 at gmail. M O O T O W N 1971 at gmail. See you later, guys.